The podcast this week is brought to you by DoorCountyTickets.com. Door County Tickets is an online ticket portal dedicated exclusively to Door County events like the Door County Beer Festival, the Peninsula Century Spring and Autumn Classics, and musical acts throughout the county. For more information, visit DoorCountyTickets.com. Welcome to the Door County Pulse podcast, where each week we'll talk with the writers and editors of the Peninsula Pulse about the stories you'll find in this week's issue. I'm Andrew Clyden, and I'm joined today by Miles Danhausen, writer and editor for the Peninsula Pulse. How's it going, Miles? Going good, Andrew. How are you doing? I'm doing really well. How was your weekend? My weekend was awesome. Went camping at Newport State Park Friday night, uh, stayed in campsite number 12, which which, uh, Michelle Hefty told me was the best one, and just woke up about two feet from the water. Is that the one... The, the secret one that's right by the water? Yeah, it's, it, you, you're right on the water. You can see a little of the sunrise, a little of the sunset, and you fall asleep with the, the waves crashing on shore. Mm-hmm. It was fantastic. So were you tipped off to this? Because uh, Peninsula Filmworks was up at Newport over probably Monday or Tuesday, and they had just canceled that spot for the week. So really? Did, yeah, did somebody tell you? Because you jumped in like maybe a day after. Well, we up. actually, for our, for our night, we reserved it way back when they first started allowing you to reserve sites like last winter when they opened it up mm-hmm. because we had stayed up there last year for a night and my wife and I were like, oh, we want to come back and do this. But the, the weekend nights fill up so quick in, in Newport because there's only 16 campsites. So, um, yeah, we, we reserved as soon as we could and we just, we were, that was one of the only nights available by the time we logged in. Okay, so maybe maybe you had this one because when, when we were up there, uh, Brett Cosmiter was like, oh, it just opened up. Maybe I should try to jump on it because um, <laughs> apparently that's like that's the site to get. There's that one, and then there's two more up further north that are kind of right by each other. Yeah. Which are great if you're with uh, another group of campers. Right. Um, but this one right on the beach is really cool. I've actually been really wanting to get into camping. Uh, I used to camp in a tent when I was younger. Then my parents bought a camper and settled down into the oldest, stuffiest campgrounds I'd ever <laughs> been to. So I stopped going camping with them. But I'd love to get into it. Newport is phenomenal. Last year we also camped on Rock Island. That's also great. But Newport is the most like removed you can get um, because there's only the 16 sites. And... You go in there. I, we were only in in the campground for eighteen hours total, and you come out of there feeling like you've been gone for a week because you got to hike into the site. It's about a mile hike to get to the site, and it, you're just so removed, and you can't see or hear any of the other people camping. Do they have any sort of facilities by the campsite or anything like that? Pit toilets. Okay. I mean, it's it's legit backcountry camping. Cool. And and I think that that's kind of what I would be most excited to do. Yeah, I mean, anytime you're outside under the stars is great. I'm like, if I had kids, I'm sure Peninsula would be a lot more appealing. Mm-hmm. Um, and and we pick camp in Peninsula as well. But you know, in Peninsula, you you can see and hear everybody around you. You're you're really tight to the other campsites. So it's it's just a different kind, and they're they're both great. But I really enjoy the stuff when you hike in and you can kind of find a remote area. Mm-hmm. Uh, how many nights were you there? Just the one. Just the one. Okay. Just in and out. Yeah, that must be really cool. I I would like to take a whole weekend and and either go to Newport or Rock Island and just like get away from it. Yeah, I'm doing Rock Island in September again for a night, and that one's just that's fabulous too. Mm, I actually haven't been to Rock Island. Uh, been to Washington Island a couple you gotta of times. Go. I think that we're gonna try to get there. Peninsula Filmworks is looking at doing a big 
Washington Island, Rock Island trip where we go out for a whole day and maybe overnight just to gang up on all of the interviews and B-roll that we need to get for. Uh, I'm in. I'm coming along. Yeah, you should. I, I think that that'll be cool. And if we can get out to Rock Island, I'd love to do that. I also really want to get out to... Is it the boathouse? It's the the cool... The Thorderson boathouse? Yeah, I've seen a lot of pictures of that. That's probably the coolest piece of architecture in Door County. It's yeah. my, my favorite building. It's so enormous. It's pretty awe-inspiring to go out there and, and imagine these people deciding to build that out on Rock Island, the, about as remote a place as you could try and do something in Door County. And it's beautiful. Even, ah, it's got to be 80 years old, mm-hmm. and it's just still such a beautiful building. Yeah, and I know that there's there's a pretty interesting story behind the boathouse, but behind Chester Thorderson as well. Right. Um, that would be really interesting to dig into. Yeah, he. I mean, I think he had something to do with inventing a something like a transformer or, or advancing the transformer technology for just the electrical transmission and made a ton of money. He's, I think his original goal was to build like a, a compound, like a not, not not like a village or found a town, but his own private compound on the island. And for a while, he he had one, but I I can't remember exactly if maybe that was kind of stalled by the Great Depression or not. But luckily, we still have that one really cool building, and they made it a state park in the '60s. Yeah. So we can all check it out, and not just Thorderson's descendants. Cool. Well, why don't we dig into uh, some of the articles that are coming out in this week's issue? Uh, some general news that's going on. There was a new staircase installed at the Portmore. County Park in Liberty Grove. How do you uh, say that again? I say Portimore. It's not correct. Uh, Sam, uh, our intern, his dad is from France. So he's got the pronunciation down pat. I do not. Um, but I think Portimore is acceptable. Uh, I don't call it Ports de Mortes or Porti de Morty. So <laughs> I think that we're okay on that. How do you pronounce it? My pronunciation is uh, save myself the embarrassment and just call it Death Store. Yeah. <laughs> No, County Park. Good. But yeah, they, they build a, a new staircase out there. This group called the Neptune Dive Club, they were just looking for a way to get water access in Liberty Grove off of that park and go diving at Death's Door. And they came up with a plan and presented it to the town. Town accepted. And they raised over $50,000 from a few different organizations to build this steel staircase that now allows not only them to dive, but now the public has access to the waters of Death's Door at Death's Door County Park, thanks to these guys. So two sidebars. Number one, Death Door County Park, really inviting county park name. Oh, yeah. It just makes you definitely want to be there and hang out. Yeah, I'm going to uh, the Door of Death woods, and I'm going to be there all day. So (laughs) if you don't hear from me. Don't expect me to come home. Right. Uh, And then other sidebar, when you were explaining this to me, I this is this is my thought process. You said the Neptune Divers is a dive club and they built a staircase off the bluff to access the water. In my head, for whatever reason, I was like, they're gonna dive off the bluff? Like I was thinking like Olympic divers. Cliff diving off the bluff. Yes. And I was like, that's so strange. I didn't know that we had an Olympic dive team up here. And I was like, it's probably if it's not affiliated with the school, it's probably a bunch of older people. And I was like, do older people still dive? Is that safe? But now that I get it, I'm like, oh, scuba diving. Yes. Okay, yes. now I get it. Checking out shipwrecks, checking out rock formations under the water. But I think when you tell your friends, it'd be much better just tell them there's, you just stop at Death Door County Park, you might randomly see some old folks diving and performing somersaults off the yeah. off the bluff. Yeah, we have an awesome uh, geriatric <laughs> Olympic dive team up in the, the very northern tip of the peninsula. It's really what we're known for. Yeah. That absolutely. and Jerry's. But, Jerry's, But yes. mostly the dive team. So uh, another thing on Death Door, um, another sidebar, Uh, the name, we talked a little bit about pronunciation, but the story behind how it got its name is really interesting. And I think that 
while there are many different stories and nobody knows exactly the true origin of it, uh, the one that I think people misinterpret the most is that it's named Death's Door because of all of the shipwrecks. Yeah, because they're actually, th- that, I mean, there were shipwrecks up there, but that's not the, the primary um, purpose. It goes back to a battle between a couple of, I believe it was two different uh, Indian tribes. You may know this better. I think you've actually done videos on this. Yeah, I, I've I've tackled this a couple times through some of the different video work that we've done. Um, the Potawatomi and the Winnebago, uh, they, there was some contention over a fishery on Washington Island. Uh, one of the tribes set out to try to take the fishery, and a storm kicked through and destroyed the boats. That's one story. The other story is that the... The rival tribe heard about this plan beforehand and set up an ambush. Um, either way, this event happened long before any shipwrecks were ever in Destor. Um, and then when French explorers came by, they were regaled the story by the Native Americans, and that's where the name comes from. Hmm. Uh, it's pretty easy to think, oh, Destor has a bunch of shipwrecks in it. That's why it's called Destor, but that's actually not the reason at all. One of the things that's uh, pretty cool that Jim Lundstrom does in the uh, Door County Living Magazine each each issue is he does a thing called How It Got Its Name. Mm-hmm. And he generally goes through and finds townships and say, how did Gibraltar get its name? How did Ellison Bay? And it's pretty funny that so many things in Door County, either the story isn't, you know, we're only a, really 150 years old in, in kind of our, our modern white man's version of what Door County is. We don't really know the solid story of a lot of things. Egg Harbor, How It Got Its Name, there's no solid like, this is definitely the one. Mm-hmm. Death's Door, there's a lot of myths around that and how that got... Ellison Bay Bluff is... Or Ellison Bay itself is a mispronunciation of Eliason. Right. Um, and there's several towns like that. So other than, like, County League Baseball, where we keep it real simple, and Sister Bay is the bays, and, um, but the in West Jackson Port is the ports. But the rest of the um, names that we and monikers we've given to places are kind of a stretch. Right. Well, and it's Door County is a small rural community. It has been or it was for for hundreds of years. And this the names that we have now are passed down from the locals. So, it, I mean, it basically comes down to we named it this because this. And if that story changes as you play telephone throughout the years, then it kind of gets hard to figure out, you know, the the where and the why. Is there anything else that we want to say about the the new staircase? Uh, yeah, I guess we should mention a couple of people who um, helped fund that. Uh, the Neptune Dive Club did a lot of the, the fundraising for it. Um, the Town of Liberty Grove chipped in, the Raybrook Foundation chipped in, and the Wisconsin Coastal Management Fund all chipped in uh, money. I think Wisconsin Coastal Management Fund paid for half of it. Okay. So um, great job of those guys. Anytime you can add water access in Door County, it's appreciated. So. Cool. You you had mentioned briefly the Door County League Baseball, and we have some exciting news regarding that. The championship game is this Sunday between Egg Harbor and Sister Bay, right? Yeah, it's actually the final regular season game, and they set up the schedule very smartly. I don't know if they did this on purpose or not, but the final regular season game pits the first place Sister Bay Bays against the second place Egg Harbor Indians against each other. They're playing at Sister Bay. Um, I would bet it's going to be a huge crowd there because... Sister Bay is going for their fifth straight league championship, and that would be the first time any team has won five in a row. Um, the Bays also won four in a row in the late 80s, early 90s, 1988 to 1991. That is kind of considered one of the great teams in county league history, if not the best team, um, certainly up there. 
they were led by Mark Warfel, this pitcher who pitched until he was like almost 60 years old in the county. But yeah, that 88 through 8091 team was fantastic. The Bays went on a long, like 17 year dry spell where they were one of the worst teams in the league, um, which is the only reason I ever played for the Bays. Uh, they were desperate. I believe the one or two games I started, um, I actually pulled a Bill Buckner on the only ball hit to me and let it roll right through my legs. Um, I didn't. I didn't have a long career. So they were bad before you were on the team, right? Yeah, and I did not make them better. Okay, all right. Just making sure that it wasn't a cause and effect thing. No, no. I, I was not the reason for their downfall. I was. Uh, I was just um, a part of the process. All right. Um, but yeah, they they rebounded about seven, eight years ago when. James Larson, who had won a couple of championships with West Jacksonport, he came back north and started playing for the Bays. And then later his brother, Stuart, who is a great hitter, came back up and started playing for Sister Bay. And they got an influx of great young talent. Gibraltar's baseball program has been really phenomenal under the leadership of Coach Jay Keita for the last 10 or 15 years. A lot of great baseball players who have gone on to play some college ball. And a lot of the best of them have been going to play for the Bays. So they have Tom Sawyer. Dusty Johnson, Sam Forkert, great pitcher, Bubba Laughlin, and they, they've just got a, a, a great run. And then a couple of old veterans like Tucker Emerson, who's 38 and still swinging, um, uh, Adam Bewer, another old guy, who's, and those guys were around when they were really bad. So it's pretty cool to see those guys come around and have a lot of success now, late in their county league careers. Cool. When when did the season start? Season started Mother's Day. Okay. So we we talked about it the week before, uh, and you had kind of introduced it to me, so I wasn't aware of county league baseball beforehand. I got really excited, uh, decided that I was going to become a big fan and go to the games, and it sounded like a really great time. Uh, I have not been to a game yet. So... <laughs> This is the one to go to, yeah. This is the one. I bet you that there would be 500-plus people at this ballgame, if not more. Egg Harbor has a great fan following. Uh, Sister Bay has a great following, and they're not that far apart. Uh, Sister Bay's got a great ballpark, and, you know, if you're looking for something to do on Sunday afternoon, they're playing at 1.30 p.m. It's at the sports complex. There's brats, burgers, beers. Um, a lot of kids, a lot of families come and hang out. The kids chase down the, the foul balls and turn them in for a quarter. Uh, it's really like an old school feel. And for Sister Bay fans, it's, you know, if they can win, that'll, like, for the county league, the regular season championship is the one that counts a little bit more. They do have a playoff series, but it's sort of like a, a secondary championship. Um, so if this, if Sister Bay wins, they get the outright regular season title. If they lose, they play another game next week to settle the regular season t- championship. So Sister Bay and Egg Harbor would play again the following week if if Egg Harbor is victorious. Gotcha. Well, Egg Harbor would be my team, and Sister <laughs> Bay would be your team. Yes. So uh, I think I will go, and if I win, then that's a victory from me to you. <laughs> uh, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to treat it like that. I'm going to pretend that I've been a fan of County League Baseball this whole time, and finally my team snuck in and, and pulled it over you. I'll contact a bookie and see if we can put money on this. Okay. That sounds good. Uh, yeah, I'll be there. I'll be wearing the red Peninsula Pulse hat. If you don't see me, then whoops, I didn't go. Um, <laughs> why don't we move on to uh, our feature this week? Uh, we have some updates on Eagle Tower. Why don't we get into that right after the break? And we're back. So uh, there has been an approval for the plan for the new Eagle Tower. Uh, construction is going to start soon, should be completed by 2019. What went down? Yeah, uh, the it's kind of like a, a formality 
in the um, process of finally getting Eagle Tower rebuilt. I mean, they've, it's been closed since 2015. It's torn down, I think, in 2016. I can't remember that exactly. Um, but, you know, we're going on three, four, five years now that people will not have been able to climb Eagle Tower and get that great view off the top of Eagle Tower. And the DNR released some design concepts a few months ago, um, a few different options of varying heights. What they've gone with and what's been approved by the Building Commission is a tower that's 60 feet in height with a an 850-foot ramp that will allow people with disabilities to take the ramp and reach the top of the tower as well. Um, there will be a 1,000-square-foot platform on the top of this tower for viewing, and it won't be as tall as the old Eagle Tower. It's, I think that puts it at about 14 or 15 feet shorter. Sure. The view should still be pretty phenomenal. And that that ramp will actually end up being sort of sort of a canopy walk through the woods as it makes its way up to the top of the tower because it's I, I think it's like a two section ramp that goes way out into the woods and then way back in the other direction. Um, what they're calling for is for construction to start later this year and be completed by late summer 2019. What do you think is the the community vibe on this? What have you been hearing? I can only speak from what I've been seeing on Facebook and social media, um, but but have you talked to people? Is, is there a general consensus about how this is shaping up? I hear a mixed bag. Um, personally, because I'm a nostalgic guy, I wanted a tower that looked just like the old one. Um, the The need for the park to meet the requirements of the Americans with Disabilities Act uh, meant they couldn't rebuild the same tower because it wouldn't have access. And there was a lot of arguments about what constitutes that access. There are some towers throughout the country that have done similar things but had either uh, a video board at the base or provided something that provided a, a similar type experience. Maybe it would be um, something that would cantilever off the bluff or provide another mostly similar experience. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but there were three proposals that were made public for this. Uh, one of them was the one that we're getting. I think that this mm-hmm. was kind of the middle of the road option. Uh, one of them would have been a tower that structurally looks very similar to the old one, but would have an elevator running mm-hmm. through the middle. And then the th- what was the the third option, kind of the base option? Yeah, I was trying to think of what that, I think it was a much wider structure um, and I think it was a much shorter structure, okay. um, a much more basic version that would have cost substantially less. This version will end up being $2.07 million, a very large sum of money. Mm-hmm. Um, and that assumes that there are no cost overruns. They have raised, the Friends of Peninsula State Park has raised $750,000 already. And the state has vowed to match that number. Okay. And I believe what they will have to do now is still raise that other $500,000, but I think they have enough now that they're comfortable moving forward and and raising as they go. I have bought a couple of pieces of the old Eagle Tower to have in my house, uh, one of the old steps, and uh, they got these cool little blocks. I don't know if you've seen those, but they have like the, the burning like a, a burned-in symbol of Eagle Tower mm-hmm. on them. Yeah, so it's, it's exciting that they're finally moving something forward. I'm disappointed that it's not as tall. What do I hear from the public on it? Um, I think it's it's very mixed. There are some people. There are a lot of people who are kind of stubborn like myself and, and would like the old tower. Um, there are some people that think it's like, it's a lot of money for the sake of a tower that maybe we should be putting that somewhere else. But, you know, mm-hmm. these are donations that people are deciding to put forward. So if they think it's important, then it's important to them. And... Right. Good for the rest of us. Well, and Door County does have 
it's it's made up of icons in a way. Right. The the lighthouses, the the wildlife areas, the state parks, the towers were definitely part of that that imagery that comes across. Uh, so I, I I would think that it's worth preserving that imagery. I know. Yes. I mean, just even this year with the Potawatomi Tower going down, as we look through footage to use for. Peninsula Filmworks projects, we'll get to these great, beautiful, heroic shots of the towers and have to go, well, maybe not this one this year. Maybe we should go back. Or uh, Ryan Miller created these great kind of pop art style posters of all of the different uh, state parks up here. And you can check those out on DoorCountyPulse.com. But uh, one of them is the Potawatomi State Park Tower. Yeah. And that's potentially... Uh, an image that we won't have anymore. The The general reception that I've seen on social media tends to kind of lean towards what you were saying. But I also think that the, the, the reference images and the proposal images aren't doing the plan justice. It looks silly, to say yeah, the least. They didn't spend a lot on the art for these. Right. So it basically looks like a squatter version of the tower with a big, long stick going out into the woods. <laughs> it does, yes. Um, in practice, I would assume that this will be awesome. You'll get to start at the bottom of the ramp and work your way up through the trees. You'll get a really great look at the trees as you go up, um, and then eventually you'll come out into this great view. Sure, you'll be 10, 15 feet lower than you were before, but... There's... Like, that canopy walk could end up being a very cool aspect. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a, there's something like that in uh, lower Michigan, southwest Michigan, called... I think it's called the Galleon River nature preserve and it's kind of built off a bluff and you you enter it at ground level but then as the bluff goes down this walkway continues out through the the tops of the trees so you're just walking at the tops of the trees which is an experience obviously we don't get as um ground bound human beings right um and it really is pretty cool to, to be up there in the canopy and then you walk out to this viewing platform and can see this this river expanse down below um, maybe it'll it'll add some of that feel to it, which might be just a, another way to experience Peninsula State Park. As you talk about those icons, and like you said, we released that poster series just shortly after Eagle Tower was taken down and the access was lost to that. So Ryan couldn't use that as one of the emblems of Peninsula State Park. Now Potawatomi, just right a year later, Potawatomi State Park is losing its tower. And if you go back through time... You know, there used to be a ski jump in the park. There mm-hmm. used to be a girls' camp in the park. There, there's a lot of used to bees in our parks. There used to be much better signage in them. They've, they've because of this, the cuts in funding to the parks over the years, a lot of the signage is worn away. Or if you go to Rock Island, it's just gone. There are two icons on Rock Island: the Thorderson Gate and the Pagoda are both fenced off right now because they're falling apart and there's no money to fix them. And the staircase down from Potawatomi Lighthouse on Rock Island is washed away by high water levels without money to re- to fix them. So there is some talk of, oh, these parks can be self-funding. Um, this will be a better model with some of the changes that have happened in the last couple of years. And the state cut all state funding for the parks. They cut four, It was only $4.7 million, but they cut that funding. And if you go to the parks and you look closely, you can see the effect of that. Mm-hmm. And it's not just the last couple of years. It goes back 10, 20, 30 years of not funding the upkeep. And now they're to, to fix that, they're going to have to just keep increasing fees throughout the years because any fees they bring in now are only 
you know, able to put band-aids. They can't do the major projects that, that need to be done in those parks. Right. Well, and, and that being said, there in in this community, and I'm sure in, in other communities as well, there has been incredible public support for some of these issues. I mean, the the amount of support that the Friends of Peninsula State Park got in their whole Eagle Tower rehabilitation project was awesome. I mean, it was on everybody's lips all for a month or two yeah. that, you know, these fundraising events and all of this stuff, it was really incredible to see the community come together and do that. Um, I know that we talked before when Potawatomi was going down that the same didn't happen in the same way for that park. And I mean, it just goes to show that like without public support and without the the public coming in to try to help these things, we lose them. And then they're gone. And and a lot of a lot of the reasons why people come back to Door County every year is because they love to to remember what it was like when they were younger or to take their kids yep. or their grandkids up here to see. And, and much of Door County is preserved in that way. But there are elements of it, especially with the state parks, that, you know, if they're if we don't have support for them, they're gone. And and I honestly don't think the model of a desperate fundraising campaign just to upkeep what are kind of like, they're icons, but these these aren't extravagant buildings or anything. Um, I don't think that's a sustainable model, and I don't think it's the right way to do mm-hmm. it, well, honestly. I think, I think we've seen that it's not. Right. Um, and, I mean, the only reason some of these lighthouses are even able to be toured and showcased is because of some really desperate, dedicated work by a lot of people who love those structures. Guys like Tim Sweet and, and the people he organizes to go out to different lighthouses on the islands and who take their time on their weekends to come up here and fix them up because the state doesn't see it valuable enough to put the money toward this. So there's a sustainable long-term funding model for them. And that's just for the lighthouses. And those are iconic. People love those. And yet it's taken so much work to make those not fall apart. And those are such an important part of our economy, how many people come up here to view those things. Um, Or if they don't come up here specifically to view them, it's a big part of their experience. Eagle Tower. You didn't come here for Eagle Tower, but it was a huge part of your experience and a touchstone that you pass on from generation to generation to generation. And those things are really valuable. It's a really big part of the experience. And I hate to see us lose them and become this generation of used tos. We used to have this. We used to have that. We used to have this. And I'd like to not be saying that when I'm 50. Right. As hard as it is to to hold on to stuff, I mean, part of the work that, that we do with the Pulse and with Peninsula Filmworks is to try to create a record of of these things. Right. Um, we we do have beautiful shots of Potawatomi State Park Tower and the original Eagle Tower, and we've written stories upon stories of these of these things. Um, so there, there's an element of that, too, of, of archiving the past, but... They're, I don't know, it, it, it's, we're in a, a sticky situation when it comes to preservation. Yeah, and that, and that extends to, you think about what people, when you save something, you don't have people years later saying, gosh, I wish we wouldn't have saved that. Right. Oh, I, I wish we didn't have Eagle Tower. <laughs> like, but you hear all the time people saying, I, oh, I wish we still had this. I wish we still had a ski jump in the park. I wish we still had a ski hill at Potawatomi Park. I wish we still had the ski hill in Fish Creek. I wish we still had Thumb Fun. Um, like there's there's so much that we've lost over time. And a lot of those examples I just gave were, were private business examples too. But um, whenever something's saved, I mean, I don't hear many people say, gosh, I wish we didn't have that steel bridge. Mm-hmm. Um, I wish we didn't have those lighthouses. 
I mean, people value that stuff. And yes, it's, it maybe seems like an extravagance later, but if you took a long list of those and you take a lot of those off the landscape and just kind of delete those from the photos, you delete a lot of what makes this place special. Right. Um, I, I think it's interesting watching some of the the reception and controversy even for saving the granary in Sturgeon Bay. Right. And and we we pretty extensively recorded that and and got video down there and it it was kind of amazing. Like physically it was great because we were moving a huge building over right. the bridge. Um like the just the sight of that was cool. But also to know that that's going to be there for years to come and they're going they're repurposing it into something educational and that preserves the history of it um that stuff like that is really cool to see and i i think i think door county is a great place to see that kind of preservation happen um like you said i, I just wish that it wasn't the only way to protect these things right in that granary controversy you know one of the guys who spoke up was george evenson the a historian, longtime farmer. He's creeping up on 90 years old and he's got such a great perspective and he could speak to the value of it where, you know, maybe in a different part of my life, I wouldn't have seen the value in something like that. But talking about its connection to our agricultural past and the role it played and the, the symbolism of it, like that whole waterfront used to be a working waterfront of not just shipbuilding, but of farmers and agriculture and taking their, getting their products to market. And that granary was kind of the last symbol on the waterfront of that. They, I also heard, saw farmers who said, yeah, it doesn't mean anything to me. Like, I don't care. But maybe you don't care until someone uses it to tell your story. And uh, what I find a lot of times talking to people up here in interviews all the time is people are like, why do you want to interview me? I'm like, your story is pretty fascinating. And I think people are, uh, will be pretty amazed by what you do with your land um, how, how you, your family has stayed in farming for generations. People don't see it as something special, but a lot of other people do. So sometimes you need someone else to, to show you how special that is. Right. You, I mean, you live your life, but nobody else lives your life. Right. So of course you have something to say about it. Well, I think that that's just about going to do it for us this week. Uh, thank you so much for chatting with me, Miles. Yeah, always great, Andrew. All right, I will see you on Sunday at the County League Baseball Championship. Go Bays! These stories and more will be available in this week's issue of the Peninsula Pulse, available throughout Door County. For more headlines, visit DoorCountyPulse.com. Don't forget to subscribe to the Door County Pulse podcast for your weekly Pulse picks, interviews, and exclusive content from the Peninsula Pulse. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next week. 